Good morning, and uh, Happy New Year, and uh, wish you good health, and also uh, may the peace of Christ be with you every day. So, so lay, Longmatingsen, Okay, it's a very special day, first day of the uh, Chinese New Year, Year of Rabbit, and uh, seeing uh, so many of you coming to uh, God's family and spending your first day of the New Year. Uh, with God, and later on, hopefully, you spend time with your family and friends as well. Uh, t- today, what's actually more appropriate, as we are going through the uh, uh, series on the bigger tables, to talk about how how to bring our family to the table of God. I think there's really nothing more more important. Than that, and more appropriate than that, uh, during the first year of the Chinese New Year, first day of the Chinese New Year, of, of really seeing our family, the, the the persons that we love, to come to the table of God and receive salvation, isn't it? So today, as we as we uh, talk about this topic, and I I really hope that um, God will um, speak to you, and I will invite you to uh, speak to God like you uh, go back home and you speak to your parents and your family about it, uh, about things. Uh, I hope this will be a conversation between you and God. So before we start, let us pray. Father God, this is an important topic about uh, what about our family and their salvation. And it's a big topic, it's a heavy topic, because each family, the circumstances are so different. So Lord, uh, may, may we invite your help, the Holy Spirit, Please come. Come and speak to us as we open our hearts. Thank you so much, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, family. Siblings, parents, children, your spouse. Now, who in your family do you need to bring to uh, to the table of God? Ask yourself. And uh, last year, I met um, um, a young a young person with uh, his mom coming to church for the first time. I happened to met them at the door. And later on, we became friends, and we talked about uh, why um, they came to 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 um, to church. And I have the permission of the mom to say this. Uh, and the mother said, "Well, I didn't really want to come to church, but my son actually one day said, I want to come to church.' And she was worried that she might end up in something not very safe. So she researched as to uh, where she can find a church, and she decided to come to CCHK, and she brought her son to uh, this place." And uh, weeks after weeks, she's uh, sitting here listening to the message of God and worshiping God together with us. And she really felt uh, the presence of God. Isn't it wonderful just for the son to just say, Mom, I want to come to church? And I have to say that uh, being in, ch- in this church for over 20 years, this not, not very often happened. And, and God really worked in uh, a mysterious way that we, we can never imagine how He is going to work. Now, but that's a success story. The problem is, I think a lot of us, we, we, we have tried for 
a long time or many years to try to bring Christ to our family, but without any success. And, and ask yourself, is there such a person in your life? And why is it so difficult to convert that person and bring that person into the family of God? Is it because that person has uh, another religion, is uh, worshipping other idols, or, or he's older than you and is a bit more stubborn and thinks that he knows everything and therefore he dismisses what you say? Or in a, in a close family situation, whether it's with your spouse or your children, is it because the relationship is rather tense and the communication is rather ineffective? But, but why is it so difficult for us to bring that family member or those family members to Christ? And this is something that we hope we can uh, discuss together. Uh, and important, not really to hear from me, but hear from God as to what God is saying to you in your special circumstances. But I think apart from that person, I think there's also one other reason why it's so difficult to bring Christ to other people. And I think that's because of us. Maybe we, we are not confident to talk to people about our family, about Christ. We, we don't think we are good enough. We don't think we know the Bible uh, good enough. And therefore, we are concerned of even speaking to our family about, about God. And if that's the situation, I think today is a time that we should really spend some time praying. And therefore, before we go on to the message I want to share with you, I really want everybody to think about and pray about what are the reasons why you have been reluctant and ineffective in bringing Christ to your family, your loved ones in your family. Right? Okay. So I will start with, uh, as I'm preparing it, I will start with uh, John. Um, 1 John 4, 16 to 21. And, and let's read it together and see what God is actually speaking to us. The three points out of 1 John uh, 4, 16 to 21. And, and let's read it together, shall we? God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on a day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment, the one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother and sister is a liar. For whoever does not love the brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God, whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command, anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. You know how I got uh, this uh, Bible passage as I prepare today? Sunday school, when I was teaching Sunday school. And, and I think it's wonderful as I reflect on this Bible passage. And I think there are three points from this passage that I want to talk about. And the first one is we love as a response to God's love uh, to us. You know? God is love, and God loves us, and therefore we ought to love other people. And we show the world that God is here by loving other people. So as we love, God is in us, 
and we represent God in the world. So that is the first point is, are, are we being a witness for Christ in this world and especially to your family? Witness for Christ. And the second point from this passage is we need to love like Jesus. And how do we love like Jesus in a sacrificial and unconditional way? And, and, and that is the second point from this passage. And what is the third point? It's not that obvious, the third point. Think about what is the third point you get out of this passage. And for me, I think the third point is do not wait. Please do not wait. And there's no fear in love. There's no fear in rejection. There's no fear that uh, you look stupid or embarrassed. There's only love. And we have God. And do not wait. So these are the three points I want to talk to you about this morning and, and see how God is speaking to you through the Holy Spirit. And the first point is this, is be a witness for Christ. Show them by your action about the existence and presence and the love of Christ. You know, the famous quote from uh, St. Francis of Sisi is that uh, uh, preach the Gospels always and uh, use words if necessary. And, and the first time I, I heard this, I think it's really so uh, insightful. It's so insightful because it's really not that effective just to talk to your family about the Bible passage, what the Bible said, and so on. If our action does not tally with our words or even speak louder than our words, right? So it, it's important about that. And and I have to say that we convince our family or our friends through our action in love. And that is what the Bible taught us to do. And I have to say that when we are doing it, we, we shouldn't really be trying to tell and impress other people how God blessed us. I, I know many people are blessed by God, especially if you, you came to Christ and you are super blessed by God with your job, with your family, and so on. And you want to tell people that, oh, I, I really thank God for blessing me with this and that and that. Wonderful. I'm no doubt about that. God has been blessing you and guiding you to make the right decisions, and therefore you are blessed. But I think there are two things when we're being a witness for Christ that we want to boast about. And, and, and two other things I want to share with you today is first is we boast about our weaknesses. We want to show the people not about how good we are, but how broken we are. Amen? Because we, we, don't, we don't tell people about God, about how good we are, but we're being genuine because everyone is broken. I, I'm so sorry. I think, I, I think everyone is broken because this world is broken, is in a mess. And therefore, I want to uh, invite you, when you talk to your, your family about God, is how broken we are. And, and Paul said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power. Do it again. Paul, Paul prayed to God and God said to Paul, and God said to Paul that my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your Witnesses, not in your strength. Right? We're going to talk about Paul again, but this is important. The, the, one of the greatest disciples, maybe the greatest disciples in helping us, Paul, 
He's saying this, and therefore, Paul wants to boast about his witnesses. Things that he prayed and prayed and prayed, and God didn't answer his prayer and take away his pain. But he said, amen, amen, and amen to that. So that's the first thing I really wanted to, uh, to share with you, is, is think about uh, when you uh, see your family um, this week, share with them about your, your, your brokenness and how God helped you in your brokenness. And the second thing I, I think we sh- really should, should share and show in our action is the dependency of Christ. There's nothing more important than showing other people how much we depend on Christ, on His guidance and teachings, because, because the whole world and us are being taught and trained to be self-sufficient, self-reliant, look after ourselves, and it's all about us and me, and how we can really show other people that we really want to depend on God, and we actually take our actions by showing people that we depend on God. And that is important. And if we do that, we will have more of this. The previous lines, the Galatians 5, the fruits of the Spirit. You know, do you have, do you have more joy? It, do, do people want to have more joy? You know, it's actually very easy to have more joy if, if you distill it into one sentence. It's less of yourself and more of God. If we have less of ourselves and more of God, I am guaranteed that we'll have more joy rather than complain and say why things are happening this way and not really being appreciative of the little things that God has given us. Right? And what about peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and of course, love. I'm sure that there are things on, on this slide that you think that you are, you are pretty good in doing that. But there are also things or one thing on this slide that you are not that good in doing. And this morning, I really want to invite you to make it a resolution to say, God, I really want to depend on you to have more of this quality of the fruit of Spirit so other people will see the change in me. Because it's important that uh, we really need to change, you know, to, to let other people see the change in us. And I've seen... Uh, uh, many Christians that I would never imagine that they would come to Christ. Uh, you know, for various reasons, I don't think they can come to Christ. And, and, uh, and, and God is faithful. And, and they came to Christ and they are completely transformed. And I have to say, including myself, I, I think a lot of my friends wouldn't, wouldn't really believe that I would come to Christ and they would see the change in us. And that change in us is a powerful testimony of the presence and love of God. That's it. And it's important. So the first thing is be a witness of God and ask God to show His fruit of the Spirit in you by relying on Him and remembering our brokenness before Him. So that's the first thing I want to share with you. And what's the second thing? Do you remember? Is how do we love like Jesus? And, and that is very important because, because, you know, faith, hope, and love. Love is really the, the, the greatest. And if we don't do things with, with, with love, it's really, uh, you know, you're making sound but really no impact at all. And that's what uh, 
uh, it says in 1 Corinthians 13, right? And, and how do we love like Jesus? Be- because uh, really, people don't care what you say, you know, for example, about Christ. They only care whether you care. And I think that is another message really stuck in my mind is really there's no, no use for you to say anything, but we really have to love people. But how do we love people? It's, 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 it's not easy. Uh, but the Bible has actually taught us in, in many ways how do we love. And, and one summary I often find very, very helpful. And I always write handwriting this in my card to wedding couples about this because I, I find that this would take a lifetime for us to try to learn and perfect this, right? Be patient, be kind. Always protects, always trusts, always hopes, perseveres. Do not envy. The other side is don't, you know? Do not boast, not proud, not dishonor others, not self-seeking, not easily angered, not keeping any records of wrongs and not delight in evil but rejoices in the truth. And what are those things in common? There, there are three things I want to, to say about these characteristics of love. And the first thing is we can't do this thing and we can't love without sacrifice. And if you have in, right now in your pocket $3,000 and if you only give $100 or $50, I have to say that this is not much of a love if, if uh, that person really needs your help. Just for just give you an example. I'm not asking you to take out everything. But if you really take out everything and give it to the poor, and, and if you if you pause in your busy schedule and give away your precious time, even at the expense of doing a perfect job or even the expense that you might not uh, get a promotion, that is love. And that is love shown by Jesus Christ on the cross to us. And that is sacrificial and unconditional love. A love that does not demand return. You give and that's it. And you don't demand and expect return from other people. And that's the first thing. And what is the second thing? The first, second thing is we can't really love unless we put down our pride. How can, we, how can we not envy, not proud, not self-seeking, not easily angered? If we have so much of ourselves and our pride in it, right? And I'm sure that you think that you are absolutely right in your discussion or arguments, I would say, with your spouse or children. But are you willing to put it down and make peace and love them and look from the angle and the third thing I would say is we, we really cannot love effectively without the help of God because it's so difficult to do, I have to say. It's easy to love people who love you. It's easy to love people who are nice to you, but it's very difficult to love people who might not be doing those things to you. So we really need God's help in order to love other people like Jesus. So pausing here, is there anything you can do to express love to your family in a way that they can relate to and feel that you are making a sacrifice? 
but don't, don't say to them that I love you and I've sacrificed my time for you. Don't do that. Don't. Jesus never said, I die on the cross for you. Now you remember that I die for you. No. He said to God, he said to God forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. So, so think about this today. Anything you can do to impress them with God's love, in God's way, in Jesus' way? Is there anything that you can, you can do to put down what you want to do, you like to do your hobby and so on, and instead spending time with your family and children? Giving them the precious time. Is there, is there anyone that you can make a generous gift until it hurts? Because, because you might have to give up your holiday and something that you want to buy, but instead you want to give. Or, or, or challenging you because you are concerned about your, your reti- retirement plan, but God really wanted you to give. And would you listen to your child and spouse and put down, put away your phone? Not even put down. Put down is not enough, you know? People put down a phone and then they pick it up again. So put away your phone so you can't pick it up again and, and devote the time and listen to them. And, and don't rebuke your child. And, and don't... And don't, don't uh, Put on the condemnation mode and, 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 and advisory mode when they say something that you say is dangerous, it's not good, it's not good for you. But instead, listen to them. And, and no matter how worried you are, you say, that's interesting, son. That's interesting. Let's hear more about it. Hear them first before you teach them. Right? Putting down your pride that you know, you know it all and you know what is good for your son and daughter. And is that something that God is inviting you to do? To love your family so that you can bring your family to Christ? Do think about it. Not only listening to me, but um, talk to God about it. And pray about this today in the days to come. And the third thing I want to share with you, uh, and that is do not wait. And I think this is one of the most significant lessons I've learned in my walk with God. Because my old self is always, I want to do this, this is my plan, and this is my plan, and this is my plan. I love those people, but really I've got other things to, to do. This is really what I want to focus. I really want to focus on that. And uh, I, I, will, I will catch up with you and I will spend time with you and so on and I will, I will go on this mission trip when I have time. But I never have time. In Hong Kong, people seem to have lacking in time. So one thing I want to share with you, the most significant lessons is do not wait. You know? And there are things in our life that we cannot wait. Opportunity comes and it will, it will disappear if you don't catch it. And you don't know when the opportunity is going to come back again. So when God's call, don't wait, grabs it. When God is, like today or other days when you are doing a devotion, 
giving you a nudge to go and talk to your family and friends, sending them a message, inviting them to lunch, or really giving them your love. Don't wait. Don't analyze it and say, oh, I have this and this and this. Um, do it. And more importantly, when God gives you an opportunity to invite them to come and commit their life to Christ, don't be afraid. Do it. And don't say, oh, I need to get Pastor Brenda to come. I need a call. Don't call Pastor Brenda. She's busy. But you are not. God gives you the time and opportunity. So do not wait. And, and please do that. And if you do that, you will be blessed. And, and today I want to share, share a story about it. I, I have many stories to share, but I, I, I want to share a story which relates to Chinese New Year and, and really in my heart. is I, I, I joined the... Uh, the uh, um, secondary school volleyball team in the, in the first year of school, you know. Um, and I never played volleyball, and we just started to uh, have a new coach, and, and our coaches started uh, in our school, and we actually was really bad in, in, our, in, our, in our game, and we were demoted to Division Two. And uh, through uh, playing with a coach in, in the school team, uh, we got back up to Division One, and since then, uh, for the rest of my uh, time, the full time in school, uh, we never lost a year. We won all the games. And we spent a lot of time with this coach. I spent a lot of time with this coach, and he is uh, like my mentor. Uh, and uh, he, he, uh, he's very, uh, very, very strict with us, but also very kind with, with, with us. And, and after that, I, I went to a university and I started work, and, and I never went back to school to uh, really have a, um, a conversation and catch up with, with him, my mentor. Until many years later, until many years later, I heard that uh, he had very serious problem with uh, his health, his diabetes, and he actually went into hospital. So uh, my, uh, my teammate uh, um, and I went to uh, see him in the hospital, and I remember he lied down on the hospital bed, and he's very, very happy to see me because we are very close to each other. Uh, and uh, the first thing he talked to me is about his concerns for his family. And, and since then, I, I, I started to connect with, with him and his family, and not, not very soon afterwards, his conditions actually deteriorated uh, significantly. And I remember that over 10 years ago, just over 10 years ago, is the last day of Chinese New Year. Remember that very clearly. The, the, the street is very quiet at night because everyone is having a dinner with their family. I felt the calling and the nudge for God to go to the hospital to see him because I think that uh, God wants me to, uh, to invite him to accept Christ. But I was not confident. I was afraid. And his condition is, is not good. He's, he's never professed that uh, he, he wanted to accept Christ. I've talked to him about Christ. But I really felt the, 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 the calling. So I, 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 I went. And no one was there. His, only his wife was there. And he was, he was really, really bad in his, in his condition. And, and that night, I invited him to accept Christ. And he, he made a signal to say yes to accept Christ. I remember walking down the, um, the road from the hospital, and I said, this is wonderful. And I thank God for giving me the opportunities to do that. 
Not very often I've done that. And a few days later, during the Chinese New Year, he passed away. Very sad. Very sad. He passed away. He's a great mentor, and uh, he, he's, he, uh, he took care of me, and he believed in me. And uh, I'm sad, but I'm very happy that uh, he's with the Lord. So friends, do not wait. Is there a person in your life that God is asking you to reach out? Even though you are not confident, or you, you have no time? And if so, I invite you to just go and do not wait. And if you do that, you will be blessed. So those are the three points. Be a witness of Christ, love them like Jesus, and do not wait. But I just want to, to, to finish this and let you pray to God about this by saying the reality and the reality is, from my experience and talking to many of the friends in church, is, in fact, there are still a lot of our families who hasn't come to Christ. And despite what you have done in the past, they are still not coming to Christ. And you worry about them. If they're elderly, you worry about their salvation. And if they are your children, you worry about their future. And you really wanted them to come to Christ because that is the best gift you can give to them. But no matter how hard you try and how long you have tried, there's no progress about it. And, and I just want to encourage you. And I remember in this church, I think Pastor Wade talked about the two lines, right? The two lines. One line is, is hope, what you hope your family will do. And the other line is the reality. And, and the gap in between the hope and the reality for many people, is despair. Because you just feel disappointed and despair. Because what you hope never materialized. But this morning, I really wanted to, to redraw that diagram. And I think the, the gap between the hope and the reality is wonder. It's a space where we can exercise our faith in Christ and see His wonder. So it should not be despair. Even though you might feel despair, I want to give you a new perspective that this is an opportunity we can exercise our faith and see God's in action. God's work in action. And I want to finish by going to Philippians 2. There are passages in Philippians 2 and 3, and that is by Paul. And Philippians 2 and 3, they are by Paul. And who is Paul? Paul is someone with credential. He's, he said in Philippians 2 that, look, I have the, all this credential. I'm, a, I'm highly educated. I'm a, I'm a Pharisee, and I, I even persecute Christians. You know, he persecute Christians. And, and, know, and see what happened to Paul. God came to Paul's life. Paul didn't even go to church and find God. God came to Paul in the middle of the road and convert him and look what happened to Paul. See the characteristic we have talked about. He is transformed, he's changed, and he loved like Jesus. And he never changed. He, he always, he never, he never waits. If God asked him to do, he would do it. And, and he surprises with many things, you know, praising God in the middle of suffering in the prisons and so on and so forth. 
that we would never imagine we would do. And this is not what the world taught us. And this is what Paul said in Philippians 2. And I know, and, and, and I know this might be said to you in different contexts, but I want to say this in the context of what we're talking about here is spreading the word of God and bringing your loved ones to Christ and see what God is speaking to you through Philippians 2 and 3. Shall we? Before we end. Now, Philippians 2. Uh, and what Philippians 2, 14 and 16 said. And, and please read it aloud, whether, whether softly or in your heart, and see what God is telling you to do. Right? And imagine that God is speaking to you through these words. And we should, when we're reading Bible, we should really be expecting God to speak to us through these words every day. And, and, and let's read it together. It says, do, do everything without grumbling and arguing so that you may become blameless and pure. Children of God without fault in a rapt and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. And how does it speak to you of being a witness for Christ? And the second passage I want to share with you is then read on Philippians 3 as to how we can love more like Jesus. And shall we just do it again as you read very slowly and see what God is speaking to you about this in Philippians 7 to 11 and how we love like Jesus. And he says, But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. And what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. And I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of His resurrection and participation in His suffering and becoming like Him in His death and so somehow attaining to the resurrections from the dead. So friends, what are you willing to give up? For Christ, for your loved ones. Anything any priority you need to change this year in order to love like Jesus? Do you care more about God's words or the approval of other people? And, and I really encourage you to reflect and, and see what God is encouraging you to do. And the final thing I want to say is, is really very difficult to do. I, I don't deny it. It's very difficult to do. And that's why I end by going to what Paul continued. 
the, the disciple Paul continue to say in Philippians 3, 12, and 14. And let's read it together and, 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 and then pray. And this is important because he said, not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has got me, called me, have any word in Christ Jesus. So two things, my friend. The first thing we learn is that we learn from our failure, but we should not dwell on our failure. We learn from our failure, but we should not dwell on our failure. Shame paralyzes us, but God's love propels us to do His word. And the second thing is, is, is just like what Paul described, working hard, having a goal in mind. Because that goal is important, like the athletes, their training, why they are enjoying all their suffering and pain, and why they are reprioritizing their life and say no to other things because they want to train and they want to win the price, the price of bringing your family to Christ. It wouldn't happen unless we're willing to sacrifice and to do it the way Jesus taught us to do and to do it when God asks us to do. So friends, uh, let us pray. And I really hope that uh, you will pray uh, today and uh, later on if um, you need prayers, I think prayers teams and, and, and all of us will be very happy to pray with you. So Father God, we thank you for uh, today's message, uh, which is so suitable for the uh, beginning of the, the year, about bringing our family to the table of Christ and having this priceless gift that Paul said, this, this gift that there, he runs and trains and, and, and fixes eyes to us, the goal is to have salvation be in the family of us. And Lord, uh, some sow and some reap. And, and what we need to do is to sow the seeds. Because we might have the privilege of reaping and bringing them to Christ, but maybe there are the people who will do the job. But we believe that if we do what you have asked us to do, we believe that, Lord, you will do the rest. So, Lord, encourage us with your words and motivate us to take action in this Chinese New Year. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.